0: hey hey and welcome to this edition on terry messenger's genius zone and boy do we have a topic coming up for you that is going to be really super exciting so what is my real passion here on the show what is this all about it's about bringing an assortment of different leaders coaches, healers, business people and service providers to the forefront so you can tap into your zone of genius and expound to the world your belief. So when you're living accordingly to your true beliefs and your values, that has got to go a long way for leading a most fulfilling life. Now this is going to be a very controversial topic and it's not going to be for everyone. So. I want to really ask you to pull your judgment hat off, take off your glasses where you may have grown up in a world where there is fidelity, whether there is love and sex that is sacredly between one man and one woman, and perhaps even start thinking broader into the horizons of, what if it's not about a man and a woman what if it's about two of the same sex or maybe what if it's about more than two people in one relationship well sounds a little bit risque well this is what I love about this conversation because I have pulled off every one of my own hats and my beliefs I have burnt to the ground for this podcast because my calling is to bring people on here so that someone out there in the world is going to be heard. You're going to feel heard. You're going to feel like, oh my gosh, somebody is hearing me. On the other hand, you may throw this podcast to the ground and you may want to switch it off because it may not be part of your own belief system. Well, it's not my belief system either and even though I will say this and I say it with The earnest of respect for this lady that I'm bringing on board. It's just like knowing the difference that you are a human being, I am a human being, and knowing the difference. Some people like chocolate, some people prefer savory. So whether you are the sweet or the savory person, it takes all kinds of people in the world. And I believe that sometimes matches are made in heaven. In fact, most of the time, matches are gonna be made in heaven. What I mean by matches made in heaven, the right to people who come together. So as I introduce to you, this beautiful lady, Lisa Catherine, I have called it the art of open relationship communication. And this is where two people have come together and they have decided mutually to live a life with two entirely empowered people that are free to go about their own world of what they do, including in their sexuality now the key element inside of this is communication and we are talking about a lady here who is extremely intelligent not only is she extremely intelligent she has had a decade as a high school teacher right behind her she has a special gift to be able to laser beam through a person to tap into their emotions to see how they can dissolve them and actually help them get on the path of their deepest truest and most sincerest relationships so this is because lisa knows deep down inside there are some people that need to have more than one person in their life now i myself was so interested in this particular interview i even went way over time because i had so many questions because i was curious to see how another part of the world lives So if you have ever wondered or if you've ever been curious or if you are hiding this secret that deep down inside you, you want to be living in a world where you are free to have this kind of open relationship, right? And whether that is bringing another person into the situation, whether that is that you are actually going out with people. But the one master key, and I will say master key here, is definitely the power of being able to be open, honest and transparent. So as we unleash this powerful broadcast where Lisa is going to bring how she lives her truth through her open relationship even with her own baby and husband and we discuss how she would bring up her child so that her child would understand what is going on between mum and dad. She has a master's in education and understands lots about the yoga styles. Well, go figure. She is probably an artist in this kind of yoga movement and also practices massage therapy through mindfulness, breath work, and embodiment practices. So as you come to listen to this, you are going to discover that if this is the coach, that you've been praying for. If this is the person that you have just been waiting to finally blow this subject out of the water and bring it into the light so that you can be set free, you are gonna want to listen to this episode of this lady, Lisa Catherine, who has the art of open relationship communication. And if you are wanting the support and you are wanting to understand more about this journey or more about yourself and how communication is a key point she is even offering when you join her program she is offering a very generous consultation which is going to be a game changer especially for people that are grappling with this and feel torn between some of their beliefs and some of the beliefs of the world. So sit back, get yourself your favourite drink and enjoy our podcast with Lisa Catherine. I am so excited about this interview Lisa because you know not only have you been like a high school teacher for over a decade um, but the fact that you are also a practicing yoga teacher who comes from that divine teaching. We all know the yoga practices that anyone who knows what yoga is about knows that that is a a really in tune practice from you know that philosophy and also being a massage therapist who i guess you are very mindful about the human body the breathwork the embodiment and all those practices so what made you transition into becoming this incredible coach for relationships
1: um that's a great question terry thanks for asking it um i felt like it was a really perfect way to blend all of my um all of the philosophies that i live my life by It was a really great way to um give a big gift back to my community i saw the need that people had people had this need to kind of untangle a lot of things and uh for themselves and i just i i knew how to do that i I had all these things that i could offer them Mm. so here i am
0: Yeah, and specifically with relationships too, because obviously you know about some of those entanglements, and you know you know all about you know what it's like to be living in a relationship where you're you either holding back because you're not really aligning yourself with your true inner uh, values, where that is really congruent to your soul and because you understand that there are so many people that are sitting on the fence and not knowing which way to go um and obviously when we talk about monogamy and non-monogamy can you explain exactly in your words what that means to you
1: the difference between the two yeah um, I would say the difference is really where you are, what you are willing to commit yourself to. Um, both, both relationship styles and lifestyles are, are perfectly valid and very important. Um, in monogamy, you're committing yourself to one person. You're making an agreement to devote yourself to this person, and they're agreeing to do the same to you in all of the ways that you decide are important. That's usually physically, sexually, um, and emotionally. And in non-monogamy, you are you are committing yourself and agreeing uh, to be many different things. Um, I my husband and I have agreed that we are going to live together, we're going to raise a child and maybe more children together. Um, but we haven't agreed that we're going to be sexually and emotionally exclusive. So we just uh, we're just very clear about the agreements that we've made for each other.
0: And there's a, that's a big thing too, you know, uh, Lisa, because how many people go into relationships where they may be in a marriage even where one person is very sexually active and the other person is not? And then where does that leave the person that is sexually active that, Um, has a partner, say, for example, that just is completely the opposite. I have heard of this happening. And, you know, in the end, what you see happening is that people fall apart. But then even if you look at the science of, you know, what's behind all of this, or even biblical principles, if we want to get really philosophical, even about the Bible, you know, when when two people are kind of joined, if they are going to be, you know, uh, obviously, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when they're, you know, celibate, where, where they're not actually doing that, what they call the glue, holding relationship together, When they're not committed to doing that or when one person, it must be by agreement. So it's a a fairly, um, you know, the communication on that I feel is very, very important. And even though this is not in the Bible but, you know, from where you're standing and for people who are, you know, really in that battlefield of where they're at in their relationship you know, what you're saying is that you and your husband were very open, very clear and very communicative about the fact that you would otherwise, you know, be able to have, uh, you know, relationships, sexual relationships with other people. So can I open that up a bit and ask you some personal questions? Of course. Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, it would you know, turn a lot of people's heads inside out here. Maybe some people are just not game enough to admit it or others are just totally that is not, you know, I mean it's not the way I operate but you know what, I come from a multidimensional space where life is meaningless and empty until you Give it its meaning. So, I hold a very high respect for every single person's personal philosophies, and especially if that aligns with their life. So, what I'd like to say is how did you both come across the fact that you wanted to have open relationships? Was it you that initiated that conversation or your partner?
1: So neither one, we both did initially. Um, we met each other after we decided separately, in very different parts of our lives, that that was what we wanted. Um, so I um, we met in 2017, and I have always felt in my body very polyamorous, open relationship oriented. I kind of got the vocabulary for it around 2012. So I had about five years to really, I don't know, get good at it, I suppose. And he had had a similar experience. So by the time we met, that was just who we were. We had been decided um, that that was what we wanted. And we both had experiences separately where we had to have that conversation with our respective partners. The one for me did not work out. That person is not in my life anymore. Um, But for him, it did. He is still with, um, I guess you could say, his original polyamorous partner. They've been together close to 15 years now.
0: So So when you you have this, is this something where you are, you know, open to bringing a third party in or is it where you're just there's no limitations you can go out there individually and form your own relationships
1: both both yes yes to both of those um we have gone through phases where we were open to inviting a third party closer to our relationship and that didn't you know go very far at that time maybe it will in the future maybe we'll never do it again but um yeah we both have um we both have partners Outside of our partnership with each other, and it's certainly very common for people to have a group relationship of three or four people, or you know, of of varying degrees. You know, a lot of people think about a, you know, they think about a triad relationship as where all three people are absolutely they feel the same to each person, and really in reality, there's going to be varying degrees. Yes. Yes. Maybe one pair is more emotionally connected and another pair is something different.
0: So how do you actually, I guess, keep it so that it does, there is a sacredness that, or is there, is that a question that I ought to ask, where is it one of those uh, elements where you feel quite sacred that anybody you interact with, anybody your partner, your husband interacts with knows that you have a loving family unit and it would never, the boundaries would never blur there? Is there any part of that? Or is it a little bit more open again to where you can have um, those kind of relationships where, I mean, if if it was allowed, you would marry
1: you know, more people than just one. How does that work? Good question. Um, so I'm just going to sort of speak in general. Um, two people can be, you know, let's say my husband and I were together. We have a we have a child. The sacredness for us, um, our child comes first. You know, we would never say, plan a date or a weekend away, or to move out of the house, like something big, because, um, because or if, a weekend away, we, we plan those, but we make sure that she's taken care of, everyone's good. Um, if I'm leaving, I make sure that he's fully recharged and ready to solo parent for a weekend. So we make that our priority. So our sacredness is that we want each other to be happy, healthy, fulfilled, you know our cups are filled, you know the the saying you can 't pour for an empty cup, so we make sure that each other has a full cup as much as possible um,
0: and then the rest of amazing. that that's amazing because really, um, I was listening to one of my mentors speaking on this in a different respect, but it was you know when you are inviting that oxytocin in, um, which one of the most uh, exhilarating feelings is oxytocin which Mm -hmm. is that love it comes through it can come through childbirth it can come through the connection with mother and baby when that first happens it can happen when you first connect with someone that you may fall in love with but that oxytocin that runs through the body is quite a magnetic and exhilarating feeling and you know he was saying how you have three parties in the relationship so from the way he was putting it is you have yourself and you are your one person you're not looking outside to the world for acceptance or advice or their opinions you are fully filling your own cup within yourself. And then, of course, the person that's in the relationship with you, they are stand alone as well. So they are standing in their power. They are filling their own cup. And he talked about that other party being a third party. So the third party is where you are then nurturing the relationship. And that way, by doing that, you are not subject to falling apart because, you know, perhaps one party let down the other. But do you have a kind of like this, do you feel that it is a in your situation where there's people like yourself and many others in the world, obviously, that feel this way, that they may desire to have that openness, do you feel... That it has a greater benefit to the relationship because they're able to be open and honest with each other and agree to obviously, yeah, allow that to happen.
1: Absolutely. I do feel like it's a massive benefit. It takes a lot of pressure off and I, I don't love like, I don't love that because I don't like feeling like there was pressure, but there's there's a lot more ease that goes through you know, you don't have to. It's not necessarily that you both have to now make sure the other one is always happy. For for you know example, um, the other the other person is getting recharged in their own way. They're not feeling depleted. They're not feeling like they have to sort of ignore part of themselves. They're feeling like they can you know really own their their identity, own their self in all the ways, and that's exciting to be in partnership with someone who is sort of fully realized or, or is able to fully realize themselves throughout the course of their life. You know, they don't need to limit themselves.
0: Sure. Is there any kind of element within either of you that you might feel, oh, what if he or what if she decides to run off with that person because there was something that just clicked and they, you know, is is there anything there that resolves that or has a kind of, I don't know, uh, an unsaid contractual agreement? No,
1: no. Um There's really no need for us to run off with another partner because we don't need to end one relationship in order to start a new one or to or to build or to go into a new one. That's super exciting. Um, That's a very good
0: point that is a very good point like if you've got everything if that's what a person wanted like I I know I've got people even close to me who have always seemed to had a lot of relationships you know going on um and I'm I'm going to be honest because it's it's kind of out there anyway but my own parents um for example and 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 my parents are beautiful my mother Is a very gracious woman, and my father, you know, I I feel that he had some kind of an issue actually with perhaps his own mother when he was a child, which we kind of went back and discovered that he seems to be always hungering for that next relationship. But then my grandfather was the same, and so was my great grandfather. So You know, my father has had a series of relationships. My parents never divorced. They don't live together anymore. They do have a very, uh, I guess, peaceful, amicable and loving relationship in their very old age. But my father still continues to have, you know, his partner, Um, I mean, he only has one at a time, but the fact that he does have that kind of like over the years, it's like he couldn't hold himself to just one person. Um, so, So I guess what I am asking is, you know, really, if a person is that way inclined, I guess from where I'm sitting, there's two things. If they really wanted to be you know, more traditional, they could sort out what was the element that created that belief in them in the first place and then look at healing it. Um, Mm -hmm. But as you've just said yourself, if you've got an open situation where both people have mutually consented and you are both very open and honest about that, I mean... There wouldn't be any need to kind of, I guess, run off, would there? Um, no. Because they've got the best of both worlds. But you sort of wonder whether it would get confusing. So, do you think that uh, your partner and you are able to have that very clear, um, concise, and I suppose pure, if you will, stance on this? I mean, I, I just, I'm really curious to know that.
1: So it's a pretty common question, um, especially around kids. Like what if another partner wants to come in and like take over your spot as mom to that part, to that child, which, you know, once you say it out loud, I think most people realize that's a little, a little impossible. You're never going to, you, you can't take over someone's spot as mom, but, but it is reasonable for say my my husband's partner, to want to have sort of a more motherly motherly relationship with our child, Um, especially if they already get along quite well, you know, so that's where the communication just needs to happen. How much time do they want to spend together? What's the nature of that time that they want to spend together? Is it just like an afternoon? Does she want to be able to take the child for, do they all, do the three of them want to go away for a weekend for family time in that sense? So there's no right or wrong answer for any of that. The, the, the right answer is whatever everyone feels comfortable with. So the real meat of it, the real communication around it comes down to would I as a mom be willing to let my husband's partner into my life that closely, into my daughter's life that closely? Because um, you know,
0: you'd, you'd really want to be out of trust, wouldn't you? You'd 100%. Want
1: and, mm-hmm. you know,
0: if you and your husband have a very strong, you know, stance on that, I, mm-hmm. can, I can appreciate. But what I'm also hearing, which is a, another layer, and it brings me to thinking how naive I am um, on this topic. But um, this is not just a sexual, physical situation we have here. This mm-hmm. is very much relationships. So it can mm-hmm. be I would like to go away with um, this particular person for the weekend. Um, sex or no sex, really, is not what it's necessarily all about. It could be Absolutely. just about being together. So mm-hmm. well, wow. so I guess I that's do want I do want to jump
1: that. in and just say, I'm sorry. There is yeah, a whole open. category of relationships, like an open relationship, could be purely sex right it could absolutely be you just see someone for the evening or or whatever you just see some there's you're not necessarily looking for an emotional relationship um you know there could be a variety of ways that people interact um you know swinging is a is a example of open relationships also where couples get together and just sort of you know swap around and have a good time Um, and then yeah there's a whole other side to the spectrum where it's very emotionally involved too so I just wanted to to name that. Emotional
0: involvement is probably the biggest thing I mean let's face it when there's actors and actresses on television some of them are you know very very intimate right and they're while they're they've got that exclusivity you sort of and you hear about like obviously Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt they found their chemistry and that went boom and then it went boom again but (laughs) um, so do you feel very adamant that the fact is that if you do hit it off so hugely with someone you would this would actually Um, still keep the marriage, say, with the children and the family unit very much in place?
1: Oh, 100%. Um, And I want to liken it to having a very good friend, you know. You can have a very good friend who's very, very close to you, who's around all the time or or that you talk to all the time, and there is a very strong emotional connection there. There may or may not be, you know, probably not physical relationship as well, but I do want to point out that we, you know, having an emotional relationship with, we have emotional relationships with lots and lots and lots of people. We do. Um, So, so no, I don't, I don't think that any of my emotional relationships with any of my other partners take away because, because they're not the same people. I relate to them in two very different ways or three, however many there are at the time. Um, And I don't believe that the love or emotions are like limited um you you're not gonna just because i'm i'm giving one person this amount of love that doesn't mean that i now have like i'm now lacking that amount of love to give to someone else i Mm. am lacking that amount of time to give to someone else that is the thing that that is limited you know that's a very common thing for people in polyamorous relationships to say but um but no i don't i think if anything it it builds my existing relationships because I'm closer to myself as a person. I understand myself. I can explore myself in different ways and then I can just show up as a better, bigger, more me kind of person.
0: Mm. And and really, let's face it, um, every single person at one time or rather in a relationship is going to be thinking about maybe somebody else or they might find themselves feeling attracted to somebody else and I guess in where you're standing, bringing it out into the the truth and just really setting it free is almost like, well, we're we're just being, you know, you're being true to yourself about this. So Mm -hmm. let's now go back because I feel that you have obviously um, experienced some elements in your own life that have led you to where you are today so you are obviously you know really supporting people to own their relationships to be honest in about themselves and and to really let go of a lot of the stuckness but one of the things that you said uh, was that there was a moment of time where you actually lost your brother your grandfather and your uncle all in a very short time, but you're only a teenager back here. Is that right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about 20. Okay, so. so
0: you were just, yeah, you were a very young adult. So basically, you had to learn how to manage those emotions, and that kind of swooped you into that emotional intelligence. So mm-hmm. tell me, tell me some of the things, and what did you do? Uh, that sort of brought you into the understanding of being able to really manage a lot of that grief?
1: Well, I, I can tell you a lot of the things that I did that did not help. I did a lot of things that did not help. And then I eventually was able to realize, ooh, is it, I'm not the person that I want to be right now. And I was really able, and I had a mentor at the time. I, ca- I really have to say that was the biggest thing for me was to get a mentor to help me hold it all because i couldn't see it i was also going to college at the time i was growing up myself you know so having to deal with these these losses and all of the growth that i was trying to do um i i really was grateful to the mentor that i had to help me identify where i felt i was not aligning where i was pulling myself down where I was not doing what I needed to be doing to, um, to give myself success. And then I was able to, and this was over a process of some time, especially, you know, this was, these were very big losses to my, to me and to my family. I had to process this with my family in various ways. Um, So that really helped me to get really granular about what, does work for me what does not work for me and then over time because I wasn't I wasn't anywhere close in the beginning to even being where I wanted to be so I really had to grow over time I was able to build my life and my mindset in a way that felt positive and exciting and aligned for myself
0: yeah I mean death of loved ones or people that you know, you're close to, always is probably one of the biggest wake-up calls to a person to start living their life in the mm-hmm. most aligned way, you know. I I actually just wrote a post about this, you know, if you were living every day like it's your last, you know, what would you be doing? And it's when you hear or you know or you lose someone that you understand that life is so fragile and so precious. So I have no doubt that that probably was a big shake-up call for you. And, you know, I I love to study patterns and I love to see um, the thread of what leads people into their zone of genius. But one of the things that I also discovered from you, which I feel is relevant to say, is that when you were in high school, you had a boyfriend that cheated on you um, a lot and it had so much, even though you were very young, it was in your first formative years of moving into that relational kind of, you know, element. So obviously having someone who cheated on you in those, you know, those very prime years, um, that big emotional charge of him, you know, cheating on you, um, what do you believe was the impact around that that has actually led you to your belief system today in, you know, obviously recovering, resolving and restoring people from that kind of hurt and situation?
1: Well, I could write a PhD on all of that. But in in the next 30 seconds, I can say that what I was really mad about, and I was able to identify this, of course, later in the moment, I was just mad about the whole thing. But later on, I I realized I wasn't mad about him being with other people. I was mad that he wasn't playing the game that we had agreed to play together. So I'm, I'm able to kind of I I I'm really good at distilling things down to that level, you know, and really pushing myself to feel to. I'm always asking myself why and pushing myself to really uncover that next layer. Why was I mad that he cheated? Why was I mad about that? Etc. Etc. So that's been really. You
0: You know what I would be asking? I would be asking what. Because I feel that I just heard a gold nugget come from you just then. And that was that you weren't mad about him cheating as such, but you were mad about the fact that he wasn't playing the game. Now, this comes back, and I'm getting a tingle up my spine, so it must (laughs) be true from my angels. But this comes back to communication, which is your forte, which is your zone of genius and communication being everything? Could it be that Lisa Catherine just happens to be more open in her communication than the average person and therefore the fact that that boyfriend at such a young age uh, actually really planted that scene that you are playing the game that we agreed on Rather than the actual cheating. Hmm. Hmm. How does that feel like? Is that kind of like a boom? Shaka laka laka like a boom kind of <laughs> situation happening here? Because open yeah. this up now about let's talk about people who are really struggling now. Because in your program, you're helping a lot of people to really become aligned here. So um, perhaps open up how, you know, it's not that you're actually telling people how they ought to do their relationships because that's completely a choice. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you if I thought that was the way you rolled. But the fact is that you're giving everybody the ability to become empowered to step into their relationship of freedom. So can you talk me through what that freedom looks like for this
1: person? Mm. Yeah, so this person, you know, once once we do all the work that they, you know, decide to do, that we want to do, that at the end of all that work, they have the freedom to to choose the relationship that they want, they can describe, they can, you know, go out and ask for it. Really, they can interact with people in such a way that everyone understands what is wanted. They really can put words to the way that they feel. That's the big thing. Um, Mm -hmm. That was the big thing for me. Uh, As early as 10 years ago, I didn't really feel like I had the vocabulary for what I wanted. I kind of, I could kind of feel it. But I didn't believe that it really existed in the world as such. And so having words to put to it, uh, it was it was hard. It was a big it was a big shift to relief. Well, my.
0: Somebody has something going wrong with them in their body and they're like, oh, my gosh, they're so frustrated and they're wondering what's going on with them and then they suddenly get this diagnosis that may be something that is like t- almost tragic but they feel this like, oh, I know, there's a name, there's actually a name. I'm not a weirdo, you know. I'm I'm not fundamentally flawed. I'm actually Go, something's going on in me that needed to be addressed so yeah. how many people do you feel are suffering like that where they're just feeling like you know in their relationship or going into one they're just not able to express themselves and they don't know and therefore it's leaving them frustrated and you know disempowered yeah. almost mm-hmm. like they're putting off and detracting from the right person.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's more common than we might think, you know, Um, and I think if you're wondering if you're in that space or if you're even kind of close to it, I think it comes out in sort of the conversations we have and the arguments that we have. Are you having the same argument with someone over and over and over and over? If you are, there's something underlying that situation that you're disagreeing on fundamentally. You know, so so when I when I think about it in that term, um, yeah, I think it's very common. I don't think it's necessarily even um, limited to one relationship style or the other. I know people in polyamorous relationships that feel the same kind of stuckness too. You know, I, I think it's I think it's a thing that it's part of the human condition, perhaps in some way. Oh, of course. I
0: mean, we're never going to be perfect. Let's face mm-hmm. it. But <laughs> And I think when we are owning ourselves and we are being totally open and honest, there's something about the truth being set free and setting us free, isn't there?
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, um, one of your zones of genius as well is really being able to laser focus in on seeing what that person's, issue is and almost like a laser beam being able to tap into what requires needing dissolving so that they can get on the path of their truest deepest relationship can you talk me through this and perhaps um you know enlighten that person out there that may be really battling, having this inward struggle about this gift that you've got.
1: Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go back to the, the anal- analogy I gave about the arguments that they're having. You know, I, that's one of the questions that I ask people often It's like, what do you tend to talk about a lot? What are you arguing about with your partner? Um, and so that gives me a really good insight into what they might be struggling with. And now the the problem is that only I know that. I can't just tell them that because then they might feel like, whoa. So we have to really work, r- work around it and break down a lot of little sort of on the way, limiting beliefs that we really break down the the beliefs that they have around that argument. It's kind of difficult to... Really dive into this without having an example, but it's a lot of questions. It's a lot of deep breaths. We do a lot of embodiment work, because um, I believe that the body never lies. You know, the body remembers what 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 we were experiencing. It knows where we want to go. So if we can kind of tap in and breathe through these tough conversations and get really really honest with each other that uh we can learn a lot in a very short amount of time
0: mm. you know what came up for me as you were speaking and i always find if someone's got a zone of genius uh they might start talking and then there'll be like this light bulb moment for the other person and i had a bit of a light bulb go off for me and the the question which I want to kind of move into a question but then continue with the statement I want to make here, which is I wonder how many divorces wouldn't happen with this kind of communication that you're teaching. And what came into my mind is, you know, I feel very much in that space of vulnerability at the moment where I could have thrown my marriage, this is my second marriage, you know, right out the door because there is just so many elements about my husband and myself that are not completely in alignment with each other. And since the day that we got married, I mean, my husband's quite a lot older than me, he's always had this theory that women marry men so they can change them. And I always said, I won't do that. I'm not going to marry you so that I can change you. And because we are both very kind of emotionally intelligent, I feel that my intelligence is different to his intelligence. He's got a like an IQ of a genius and I've got an emotional IQ of a genius. So between the two of them, with everything, like He is like from Pluto. Don't talk about Mars and Venus and I'm from Hollywood. I'm just joking. But, you know, we we are literally so miles apart and I can see how we could have just thrown this out the window. But then, like you, and this is the light bulb moment that I've had while you've been talking, I realised that this is all just about our beliefs, right? It's just a paradigm. Like he doesn't do this, she doesn't do that. He's like this, she's like that. So it kind of grates on you. And yes, it is very energetically depleting when you are not in that, you know, that harmonious kind of a a place. And who doesn't want to have harmony, right? Peace and balance. But then I said, well, you know what, what if we did, what if I lived by that true meaning of life is empty and meaningless and threw away all my expectations of him and I became my own person, like I said at the beginning of this interview, where I could just stand in my power, he could stand in his power, he can live his best life and I can live my best life. And we can stay married.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, the physical side of things is 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 not what either of us would do outside of our marriage. But that's only because that's what we believe and what we pertain to. But mm-hmm. I guess I want to know more about your program now, and what are some of the things that you see in other. People's relationships, or what are the biggest problems going on for people right now that may be stuck?
1: Well, another really big, great question. Um, So, a real brief overview of my program Um, it's three months long, and we really do spend the first full month figuring out who they are. If it's an individual I'm working with, if it's a couple I'm working with, or a, a group that I'm working with, who are they? as people, what do they want in their life? How do they want their day-to-day to to be? And get really, really open and honest with that. And then the next part kind of comes to what you were just talking about. Um, what What do you need to get that? And of course we generally talk about relationships almost exclusively. And so that looks a lot like, what are my boundaries? What are my expectations? And we spend a lot of time breaking down the idea of expectations and transforming them into an idea of boundaries. And expectation is just what you expect someone else to do. But we always bring it back to ourselves. What do we need for ourselves? So if, um, and we can just talk about sex because that's what (laughs) what we've kind of been talking about. If my partner's off um, having a sexual experience with someone else, I get to decide the boundary. And of course we talk about this well beforehand, before he's having this experience. Do I wanna hear about it? I decide if I want to see him that day. I decide if I want to know anything about the other person. Um, And so part of the program is coming to those decisions. I don't get to control what he does. That's our fundamental belief. I don't get to control who he sees what they do Um, That's putting an expectation or a rule on him, but I get to decide how I interact with it.
0: Wow. So there's a lot of the ability to claim back your mm-hmm. own control and empower yourself, and empower that other person too, and actually dissolve all of the expectations that cause so much distension, and feelings of disappointment and everything else, and kind of stand in their own power. That that's got to be a very powerful. Way. Do you feel that your program is more pointed at people that are actually maybe intricately seeking the openness to be able to have that sexual uh, encounter with another person? Or do you feel it's really intrinsically um, positioned to just anybody who is battling with their inner? battlefield of their mind, so to speak, about their relationships in common. What, what's your
1: thoughts around that? Um, I do believe that both types of people that you just described can have 100% full benefit from the program. I also believe that a lot of people out there, and I know this because I've had these conversations, really are seeking to understand how they can sort of become more sexually empowered because it's not a very, it's not a thing that we're, it's very taboo, you know, almost no matter where you are in the world. I know that's not true everywhere in the world, but many, many, many places, these are not things you get to talk about. You know, there's, there's a majority over overarching cultural beliefs around sex and how we, how we interact with people. So the thing that people are most curious about that they they need a lot of support around is a sexual relationship outside of the norm.
0: Mm. One of the um, biggest things that I find if when I'm running a program that goes right into the nitty gritties and we go deeper and deeper and deeper into it is about soul contracts. Mm -hmm. And they say, and in the Christian world and in the world of even spiritual world, when you come together with someone on that sexual plane, you are becoming spiritually tied to them. Do you have, I mean, that's an idea, of course, that comes from a lot of my own beliefs, but do you have any thoughts and resolutions
1: around that? I absolutely do, and this was part of my own journey towards becoming sort of okay with this. I do I do believe that when you are and this maybe not is true for like a one night stand situation, but when you're long-term sexually relating to someone, you do carry their energy and there is something from them back into your life. So, um, so, and again, I can't, I can't ask, I could ask, but I can't require my partner to do any of this. But what I do is whenever they're leaving me, whenever they're not leaving me, but whenever they're going somewhere, I do a lot of cord cutting in the kind of energetic cord cutting. So I'm I'm releasing their energy from me. And so that sort of also releases the other person's energy as well. So that's one thing that I do. And then when when they're when I'm coming back into a relationship with them or just back into, you know, being in their space, um, I'm immensely for myself very intentional about that. Um, I like to if I as much as possible, when my partner comes home from being with someone else, I like to just sit down and have a cup of tea, you know, just to sort of reconnect and so that we can get back into our energetic balance, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that, that, that
0: would be hard for so many people. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. a very uh, broad and expansive mind, but for some people they might not be able to get that out of their head, you know, what did they do, what did they get up to. Oh, yeah. my gosh, that can torment so many people. <laughs> so do you have like what, what, I mean, look, I do have to say as a disclaimer, this is very much um, about what Lisa Catherine is is really offering here is really by consensual agreement uh, oh, that you live uh, this kind of a life of your own personal freedom. And I'll definitely make sure that this is put into also the disclaimers that it's not something that, you know, because, I mean, as I said before, this is not what I believe but I do believe I can see how when a person's more open this could save a lot of breakdowns in relationships but disclaimer if this is the case and what Lisa is talking about is very much by consent Absolutely. so yeah yeah so do you, can I ask do you ever have those uh Kind of human uh, curiosities where you're left thinking about what he got up to, or
1: vice versa. Does oh, that ever- absolutely, <laughs> I do, and um, and I can. I just need to <clears throat> give myself the space to go through my own process. Um, what am I actually worried about? Am I worried that she's cooler than me? She's doing it better than me. I can let that go because I know that that's not really possible. We're very different people, um, me and whoever he's with. Um, So I I just need to go into sort of giving myself a little pep talk, really amping up my my self-love practices, you know, and um, just being very conscious of the fact that that's coming from a place of fear, and then I can remind myself I don't actually have anything to be fearful of. And if I come up with something that I need to be fearful of, I better go talk to him about that. You know, mm, he's, been seeing that her, he's been seeing her often. Like, for example, he's been seeing her a lot more often. Like, what's going on? And And really, that just means I need to check in. Maybe he has a really fun story to say. He wants to share about that. I don't need to jump to the conclusion that if he's seeing her twice as often as normal that he's going to go move in with her or whatever, because I know fundamentally that he is committed to me and our child and our life that we've chosen like on purpose consented to. Um, so it's just, it's just reminding myself to get back, letting those little, I call them little brain monkeys, you know, little monkeys on your back, but they're just on your brain kind of spitting the wheels um, yeah. them go, releasing those it's usually when I'm not doing my detaching practices as much as possible. Mm. Um, so so sure, you've been that.
0: very, yeah, you've been very transparent about those fears and those normal kind of thoughts that you're having, and I and I really feel that's an important piece here. Um, so now that we've covered the the normal fears and some of those elements. What is the, the other side of the story that is obviously the upside for relationships of why people would consent to going into this kind of open communication and this, I guess, this openness where uh, anything goes in their relationship? What's the upside of it?
1: You're to out. have a lot of fun. But also you get to really explore lots of parts of yourself. Um, I'm going to use the example of people who are bisexual or pansexual, not because they need to, not because every single person who identifies that way needs to explore all these facets of themselves all the time, but because if they want to, they can, you know, they can have a relationship with a variety of people because they're attracted to a variety of people. Um, You don't feel limited <clears throat> I don't feel you mentioned you know that people kind of are just going to be attracted to other people sometimes. I don't feel bad about that. If I want to explore it, I can. I just, but I don't need to feel bad about it. Um, you're, you're giving your relationships and your, your, your life a lot more depth. My, my child has a lot of people who love her. You know, there's, she, um, she does have a lot of our partners really like to, to hang out with her. She's fun and they'll babysit for us. They'll, they'll give us some time away, you know? And so they can, that's a, that's a lot of the times how they can kind of interact with her. And we trust her, of course, we wouldn't leave her with just anybody, but our, our child gets to sort of experience a really healthy, loving adult relationship framework and experience a lot of healthy communication patterns. And I really hope that she can embody those when she's older. I was just about to ask you there, <laughs> how
0: do you communicate this with your child, you know, from young? What do you say to them so that obviously this is put forward in an honest and healthy, uh, well, the most honest and healthiest way possible without them getting confused or, you know, um, them getting kind of, uh, I suppose, affected by it?
1: Yeah, She's only two right now. So we're just sort of living life. And this is sort of normal. This is a normal life for us. And of course, once she starts to get a little bit more curious about life outside, when she starts to, you know, go to school, and once it's developmentally appropriate, we are going to have to have a conversation like, we live our life this way. A lot of other people live their lives this way. We believe it's all good. Any, we get to choose how we want to be. You might find people who disagree with our lifestyle. And then, you know, we'd answer all of her questions and let her have questions. I've had clients before, and this, this is most true. That what I'm about to talk about is most true for when uh, relationships are opened and kids are older eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So they've had a foundational experience. And now they're being given a very, very different experience. Their emotions are a lot bigger because it's so different and because their friends maybe have stuff to say about it one way or the other. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a classic example, however, because. I teach on multidimensional, the spiritual realm where, you know, I my mission is to have people empowered, living their life purpose and doing what they love and loving what they do. I don't impose my own beliefs on anyone in that. And I think when you do or when you begin to kind of Push that, especially as because it's my calling, but it's my career, it becomes very blurred. The boundaries become very blurred. And then you kind of fall into the category of uh, getting into other people's. Stuff and trying to convince them what's right and wrong, and that's when there becomes energetic leaks. So Mm. I'm I'm going to face now the, um, you know, the very real world of same-sex marriage and same-sex non-marriage, and people that are transitioning from, you know, one sexual sex agenda gender that they were born with to another, and that obviously is not your niche but where i come from in the multi-dimensional world you know it's still of the same kind of concept really as being able to accept and have a communication and an embodiment like embodying what you're doing because how many suicides are there out there and i mean i'm sorry to be so harsh and (laughs) You know, um, this is a very controversial topic but, you know, this is something swept under the carpet. People are not brave enough to talk about it or courageous to speak out about it and yet if we face up to it that this is a, a, a reality in our world that, you know, can be stomped out by a person just coming into understanding and respecting their own beliefs and embodying what would you say through the embodiment practice of where let's just say we were inside a program where you're helping people with you know your experience of being a great communicator as a as a teacher, um, in your knowledge, in your yoga, in your breath work? Can you kind of enlighten us of, of, of what kind of practices you would help a person to be able to embody and what you would tell them to do to just really help them center into who they are as a
1: human being. Yeah, Um, the first one is in a moment where they might be feeling a lot of charge, a lot of high intensity emotion, to be to just close their eyes and take a deep breath, and give themselves a little bit of space. Just give them the oxygen, give them some space to just, just feel that way. So in the actual program, we practice that often. Um, that's like the first thing that I say is we're going to be taking a lot of deep breaths, and I'll I'll prompt everybody to take deep breaths when we when things get charged, whether or not they are affected by it but just to have that practice um, and to acknowledge the fact that maybe someone else is affected by it too. And then we do a lot of deeper inner work also, um, a lot of visualization, a lot of visualization meditation where they can just sort of visualize, sit and sort of just steep themselves in what they want. And the practice of doing that for a, a while brings up a lot more too because they're steeping themselves in how they want to be and their brain kind of automatically makes some connections well we can't do it because of that we can't do it because of that we can't do it because of that so that really brings to the surface a lot of limiting beliefs and then we can work through all of that stuff as well Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. you know,
0: I know breathwork is the life force and, you know, so when you are taking them through that breathwork and of course, when you're coming into Lisa's program anyway, I guess I'm going to have a, I'm, I'm just going to have a go at this and I'm going to start and then I'm going to ask you to sort of complete this in, um, I guess, more of that absolute of what you're offering here but I you know I what I'm really really gaining from this is that person out there that's really struggling and feeling stuck about where they're moving forward to next and what that means to be living inside their greatest relationship or when you are inside a relationship where you're just grappling for that understanding of why it's not working and feeling stuck you know, with, with Lisa's incredible uh, breakthrough of what she's been able to accomplish through her communication and through her very expansive mindset of what she is practicing, what she is living by um, to help really have that openness in your relationship what do you believe you would say to the woman? What is she struggling with that you know you can absolutely
1: help her with? Yeah, if you're struggling with um, the frustration of of knowing that you can be in a, a different kind of more aligned relationship but you're not there, I can help you with that. If you're having sort of a constant stream of the same argument or the same pattern of some kind coming up, I can help you break through that. Um, If you know that there's a kind of relationship style that you are excited about and you feel like that's for me, but I don't have the words to get there. If you don't have the words together, then I can help you bridge, you know, bridge all those gaps, figuring out exactly what you want. How do you talk about it? How do you talk to other people about it? I can help you do all of that.
0: Mm, A lot of it's to do with ownership. So really, yeah. So look, if that is you, and I do understand there, there may there is people out there that really do need to know that there is some help in this field, and you may not have known that. However, that's what this show is all about. It's about everyone's zone of genius so when you're coming in to Lisa Catherine's program what you can expect is that she is really supporting the fact that if an open relationship is something that is in your deepest part of you that you want and you're grappling with it Not only is she going to at least give you the most empowering way to go about that, but the consensual agreement between two people and then just facing your own personal struggles to know whether is this right for me, is this not right for me, and you know really unpacking that so when you can stand in your truth no matter what that is everybody needs to stand in their truth this is not going to be the game for everyone out there but if this is the game that you are experiencing this is definitely person you need to speak to. So Lisa, Catherine, just on concluding, this has been such an exciting conversation. Is there anything else you would like to say to your audience, uh, perhaps to give them some hope, encouragement, or any kind of uh, expanded vocabulary on what you're doing?
1: Yeah, I am so excited to really help you take ownership of of what you know you love and and deserve um it is absolutely possible to have a really loving amazing fulfilled life and relationship with however many people you want if you're in a relationship right now where you're not feeling that way you don't we can get you to a point you can be at a point where that relationship feels amazing there might just be something that we got to uncover and and just go through So there's so much out there. There's so much love out there and um, there's so much you out there. So let's go go find it. Wow, okay.
0: So if you're ready to unpack and get yourself on point of what is underneath and what you've been perhaps thinking about and holding it to yourself for so long, you know what to do, guys. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'll see you soon.
1: Thank you. It's
0: really nice to chat. Thank you for listening to our show. And if you want to know how to tap into your Zona Genius or if you have a gift that you want to platform to the world, go to my website, terrymessenger.com. And where it says Elite Crown Master Key, click on Book a Free Discovery Session and we will map out your road to success.